There is a word from the Lord today. As we conclude this series that we began the first Sunday in June dealing with attitudes. Our theme for the year is restore support and strengthen. But for the last nine weeks, this is the 10th week, uh, we have dealt with attitudes. Eight of the messages I preached earlier, Pastor Matt came on last week and did a marvelous job with an attitude of assurance and continued that theme. Thank him so much, amen. And now we are concluding this sub-series of the year's theme dealing with attitudes. We talked about assurance on last week and humility and empathy and gratitude and contentment and love and hospitality. And now God has given us a final assignment for this series. The text for today's message is found in Psalms 118. Very familiar passage of scripture, verses 22 to 24. And if you would not mind honoring God's word by standing to your feet. If you can't stand, we certainly understand. But if you can, and even if you're at home, wherever you are virtually, stop what you're doing when the word is read and reverence the word if you can. Amen. Reverence the word if you can. I often say if they can stand for the president, whoever he or she may be. Amen. We can always stand for God's word. Psalms 118 verses 22 to verse 24. And we're reading this morning from the New King James Version. Dealing with attitudes. This is sermon number 10. We encourage you to get all of them and share them with others. They are also online. You can go to our online presence and you can download all of the sermons. Verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Uh, Verse 23. This was the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. And here's where the subject for today's message is found in verse 24. This is the day uh, that the Lord has made. Look at this, the end of this verse. We will I pause for effect. I pause to get your attention. We will, somebody just shout rejoice and be glad in it. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject, an attitude of joy. An attitude of joy. For the past nine weeks, we have been talking about the significance of attitude, about why our attitude determines our altitude. How high you go up is determined by the attitude you possess. Listen, on last week, my former executive assistant, Andrea McCoy, sent me a reading from Chuck Swindor that she knew I liked. She wanted to remind me of it. In fact, this reading is, is taped in the inside of my desk drawer in the church office. I've had it there for over 10 years. And it is a, a reading that Chuck Swindor wrote on Attitude. And I want to share it with you just for a moment, just so you can hear this. It it meant so much to me, and I hope that it blesses you. Amen. It says, and I quote, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me, according to Swindoll, is more important than the past, than education, than money, then circumstances, then failures, 
even more important than successes, than what other people think or what other people say or do. It is more important than appearances, giftedness, skill. It will, attitude will make or break a company, a church, a school, a home, and I add an individual. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. Swindog ends this by saying, I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Can I say that again? Life is 10% of what happens and 90% of how we react. And so it is, he concludes, we are in charge of our attitudes. And the church said, amen. Listen, in this final message of this series, we would like to talk about another very important attitude as it relates to how we live our lives and especially as it relates to our emotional and mental well-being. And that is an attitude of joy. Someone help me say joy, joy. It is said, and I agree, that in life we should seek to find joy in everything we do. If you got to go to work, go with joy. If you got to sweep the floor, sweep it with joy. If you have to stand in line at DMV, Lord help them. Do it with joy. For joy has been described as the infallible sign of the presence of God. Listen, the noted Christian author C.S. Lewis, and you've heard me quote him many times before, is quoted as saying, and I quote, the joy is the serious business of heaven. That's what C.S. Lewis says. But look at what Isaiah says. Isaiah the prophet writes in Isaiah chapter 23 and verse 3, the NIV translation. He writes, and I quote, with joy, we will draw water from the wells of salvation. Listen, I told the church this morning at the eight o'clock service that I am convinced that there aren't many things in life that can renew one's strength during a difficult and stressful time like that of genuine joy. If you want your strength renewed, <laughs> a joy will, genuine joy, will renew your strength. Ezra, the prophet, in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8 and verse 10, Ezra described it this way. He said, and I quote, the joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> now, he was writing to a group of those who had been in captivity 
for 70 long years. They were the second and the third generation of those who were carried away in captivity. They had returned back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple uh, and with Nehemiah to rebuild the walls. And Ezra wanted them to know that the only reason we are still standing is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Am I, am I preaching to anybody this morning? When you look back over your life and crisis after crisis and you look back over the last year and a half and you consider COVID-19 and the devastation that came along with it, and you ask yourself, why am I still smiling? Why am I still standing? It is because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Somebody right now ought to take at least a 10 minute praise break. If, if the joy of the Lord has kept you from falling apart. Whew. Maybe I'm preaching to the wrong people, I don't know. But, but if the only reason you have not lost your mind, if the only reason you can still get up in the morning and dress yourself is because the joy of the Lord was your strength. Bearing loved ones. Listen, I've lost six relatives to COVID. Six have died to COVID. But I can still declare, Deacon Albert Simmons, that God is still good all the time. And all the time, God is good. I know perhaps somebody is waiting on your good days to give God your best praise, but I just believe in my mind there's somebody in here who's made up their mind that I will bless the Lord at all time and, and God has kept me from falling apart is there anyone in here know that God kept you together and the only reason you can be anywhere today is that the joy of the Lord is your strength listen I thought about those words joy and I told you I'm a student of words because I think words matter and and, and I looked up the definition of the word joy. And the word joy, many definitions, but the one that I really liked was found in Miriam Webster's dictionary. And it says, and I'll quote, a source or cause of great happiness. Now, I, I want to leave that on the board because I want to show you something. Look at what it says. It did not say joy is great happiness. It said, Joy is the source or the cause of great happiness. And the best analogy that I came up with was dealing with electricity. We, we feel, we experience the electricity. But the electricity comes from somewhere. Ooh, go with me. Happiness, Elder Randall Franklin, has to come from somewhere. When you look at electricity, very quickly, there are three sources of electricity. They are fossil fuels, coal. Uh, it is uh, natural gas or petroleum, the gas you put in your car, or the natural gas you burn in your oven. And then the third source is nuclear energy. One of those three things produces the electricity. In other words, you can flip the switch all you want, but if you don't have something fueling the electricity, the power will not come on. Can I preach this? And so what God said to me was this as I was putting this message together weeks ago. God said to me that perhaps the reason some people never seem to truly be happy about much in their lives is simply because they have not been able to find real joy. I'm going somewhere. They can fake it, but it's not real. Amen. And here's what God says. 
they may have experienced plenty of thrills in their life. But Pastor Bradley, thrills are not joy. Uh, Fats Domino, see y'all young people don't know anything about that. I look at this side of the church. Fats Domino says, I lost my thrill on Blueberry Hill. In other words, you've got to learn that thrills run out. Amen, somebody? Thrills wear out. Thrills get old. Thrills get wrinkled. Oh. Thrills put on. Don't look at it. Thrills. Thrills lose hair. Turn gray. The pep in your step that brought somebody thrills may not have as much pep. And so if your thrills are only based on your physical sensations, then you could lose it on Blueberry Hill also. But if you've got real joy, I'm talking about when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. I'm talking about real joy. Lord, I thank you for waking me up every morning. I'm talking about real joy. I may not be as fast and quick as I used to be, but I thank you that I've got a little movement. Real joy is considering how good God has been to you. Is there anybody got enough joy down in your sanctified self that you ought to give God a little praise? Somebody ought to give God a praise. Somebody ought to say, I still got. Woo! Let me tell you. Listen. 51. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And whatever you do, don't take it away from me. Take my money, but I need my joy. Take my job, but I need my joy. Is there anybody in here ever been broke but still happy? Because you had joy, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm in the wrong church because all of you got it going on. But anybody in here ever had some problems but you still had joy and people look at you and they say, how come you don't have a job and you still look to be happy? Because my happiness is not predicated on the things I have. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, Holly, you've got 10 seconds to give God your best friend. Come on. Listen. Woo. Stop chasing thrills and seek joy. I say that again. That ought to be something you ought to send out. That, that, that's something you ought to tweet or send a message out of. Stop chasing thrills. Somebody say, you hadn't called me in a long time. I stopped chasing thrills. When are we going to hook up again? I stopped chasing thrills. Woo. Can I preach to y'all? Stop chasing thrills. They don't last. They're not worth it. And it will break your heart. But if you got joy, joy is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Somebody jump up and say, I still got joy. Who am I preaching to? Still got it. Still got it. Still have joy.
Yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta get going. I gotta go. Mac, you messed me up. Somebody said, we had good church last week, and we were out in a little over an hour. I said, oh, my Lord, I got to work on it. <laughs> Listen, look at the text. Look at the text. As we examine what the text says concerning the importance of an attitude of joy. For this Psalm 118 is a very unique and intriguing psalm. For it is unique because neither the author nor these specific circumstances are identified. There are several schools of thought on who could have written this psalm. Uh, suggestions have been made, such as Moses. Sounds like something Moses could have written as they were coming out of Egypt. Some people suggest even Ezra as the captives returned back to the homeland. But many scholars have concluded that David wrote this song. It sounds like David, although his name isn't mentioned. Uh, this psalm, the reason it sounds like David, because you almost have to be a worshiper to write this. You almost have to be a praiser to write this psalm. It was used as a song of praise by those who were leading a procession of worshipers as they went to worship God, particularly during the Feast of the Tabernacles, which celebrated the deliverance out of Egypt. In other words, this psalm became a song of praise. It talked about the goodness of the Lord. Uh, you would not have to go any further than the first verse of this psalm to understand this position. Look at verse 1. The author writes, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Then he says something with an exclamation mark. For he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let me try that again. Uh, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. It really wasn't a suggestion. It was a mandate. He was saying, oh, give thanks to God for God is good and his mercy endures forever. Are there any worshipers in the house that know that God deserves your thanks because his mercy endures forever then if David was the author and I uh, agree with most scholars that he was verse 21 he goes on to write these words and he makes it personal psalmist says this I will praise you God for you have answered me reason it was David because he wrote this poor man cried and the Lord answered me. Is there anybody in here so glad to know that he's a prayer answering God? Anyone know that he's a prayer answer God? The psalmist says, you have answered me and you have become my salvation. And then we get to where the text is taken for today's message. Psalms 118, verses 22 to verse 24. Such a powerful, iconic passage. Look at what it says. And I want to read it to you. And then I will conclude with three key insights lifted from these three verses. Here's how it reads. The stone which the builders rejected... <laughs> has become the chief cornerstone. And then the verse went on and says, this was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. 
Pastor Jackson, what does the psalmist mean with these words? Let me suggest three key insights. Insight number one is this. Um, sometimes in life, and I want you to hear this, everyone who thinks you ought to give up because others have given up on you. Uh, look at this. Sometimes in life, take a screenshot of this, because there will be times you need to encourage yourself with these words. Uh, those that are rejected by others whoo, uh, become the very ones God uses to excel above the ones that rejected them. Oh, did you get it? Did you get it? The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Sometimes your rejection by others is a setup for God to bless you in ways you never would have been blessed before. Oh, am I preaching to anyone? Sometimes in life, young people, the best thing that could ever happen to you is to have your heart broken by someone who was not supposed to be a part of your destiny. Sometimes others got to walk out on you, got to dog you out, have to treat you bad, have to reject you before God elevates you. And when God elevates you, whoo, I feel like preaching now. When, 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 when God elevates you, God will put you above the very ones who reject you. Come on, Joseph, and testify. Joseph said, let me testify to Bible. We're in the book of Genesis chapter 50, verses 18, 19, and 20. The Bible tells a story briefly about how Joseph had been 20 years earlier sold into slavery by his own family. His own brothers put him in a pit, delivered him to the enemies, took him to Egypt. He ended up as a slave and a prisoner in the dungeon. But sometimes your comeback is only after your setback. Who would, who would think about that as a In fact, y'all put that out. Put out that my setback will lead to my comeback. And the best thing some people can do for you is to leave you and to set you up and try to destroy or abuse you. Because when God steps in, he makes it all right. Who am I preaching to? Now, this does not apply to everybody. But is there anyone in here that God has allowed your setback to become your comeback? I just need you to take 10 seconds and give God your best praise. Look at somebody and say, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Wave your hands in the air and say, I am coming back. Woo. Listen, listen, listen. Quickly, quickly. Uh, Genesis 50, beginning in verse 18. You remember these brothers who sold Joseph into slavery? 20 years later, the text reads, then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said to Joseph, the same brother they betrayed, behold, we are now your servants. Verse 19, <laughs> Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God. I like Joseph's testimony. Joseph said, I know you did me wrong and I, I know you hurt me and tried to destroy me and you thought the enemy would wipe me out. But don't you worry about it. God had a plan for my success. Then Joseph said in verse number 20, but as for you, woo, you meant evil against me. But here are the two words that ought to make every believer shout. But 
God. Oh, good God Almighty. Somebody just open your mouth and shout one time, but God make the devil mad and say it again, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is in this day and save many of people alive. But then verse 21, and I've neglected that verse for so many years, Pastor Lawson, until God showed me this morning, verse 21, he says, now therefore David, I mean Joseph tells him, do not be afraid. Listen to this, listen to this. Joseph was rejected by these people. But Joseph says, don't you be afraid because I am going to provide for you and your family. Good God, you mean the boy you put in the pit is gonna provide for you and your family. Somebody ought to give God a praise. Don't you mess with God's anointed. Don't you touch God's anointed. For folk think they can get rid of you and God says it's setting you up for something greater. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Look at somebody and say, get ready. God is about to elevate. Woo. Second insight, second insight. How much more time do I have? Y'all give me 10 more minutes. Second insight. God deserves the credit for all of our success. His hands are in all that we accomplish. If you got it, God gave it to you. Let me say that again, because I know some of you just think that you got it going on like that. But if you have any level of success, it is because God gave it to you. Verse 23 says, this was the Lord's doing and is marvelous in our eyes. Look at somebody, we don't touch or hug anymore for COVID. I saw some of you are so glad about that, we never get back to that. But just wave at somebody and say, God did this. Uh, how many of you got a God did this testimony? Now some of you, perhaps God hasn't done anything for you. But if God has been good to anybody, just wave your hands at somebody on the other side of the aisle and say, God did this. Put your hands on your chest so you see this. God did this. You see where I am, what I have, where I live, how I dress, where I work. Uh, God did this. All that I have, God did this. Anybody know if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, Anybody know what God did? Anybody know God did this? God did this. God did this. Somebody ought to give God a praise over God did this. God did this. God did this. Somebody ought to thank God for what God did. The enemy would have destroyed you if God had not made a way. When my enemy and my foe came upon me, to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. God did. God did. Woo. When you go out to your little car, when you drive your car, ride down the road, and the brothers who like the lean in profile, God did this. Sisters, God did this. If you've got any level of success in your life, it's because God has been good to you. Ooh. Ooh. And then insight number three as you rest upon your feet. Ooh. Insight number three. We must choose to rejoice. No matter the circumstance, 
This is the day the Lord has made. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Nobody is going to give you joy. Nobody is going to make you rejoice. The spirit is not going to jump on you. But you've got to wake up every morning and say, on this rainy Sunday morning, with my back hurting like crazy, I'm going to give God some praise. I know how to rejoice with a hurt back with arthritis all up and down your body. Is there anybody right now choose to rejoice? Rejoice! 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 Now, come on, brother musicians, and give God your best praise. Somebody somewhere, just stand behind your seat and just pick it up and put it down. Tell God, thank you. Pick it up. Wave your hand. Lord, I choose to rejoice. I choose to be happy. I choose. Come on, Zion. Clap those hands. Somebody meet me at the altar. Keep your mask on. Keep your mask on. Come on. Get a mic, get a mic, Anthony. Get it, get it, get it. Come on. Y'all, y'all help me out. Y'all help me. Can I sing my song? When I... thundering and lightning I said you know I have no control over the weather but this is one thing I can control what I do in the weather so I told the enemy watch the enemy said to me on my way to church 
oh, what are you going to do in church this morning? Is anybody going to be there? I told the enemy, I don't care if it's just me and God. But when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, I know how to praise God on a rainy day. Come on, Zion. choice it is your choice it is your choice Woo! Put, put your hands right here on your heart there are times in our life in which the enemy says there is no brokenness. Ooh. But there's a song that our brother Vashon Mitchell wrote. And Vashon has been here at Bible Way with us. And he wrote this song, which has become one of my absolute favorite. Because it talks about how I still have joy in the midst of my brokenness I am done with pity parties I just want to let you know I've ended all of my pity parties and I'm putting the word out don't invite me to yours I'm done I tell people Sister Yvette, I'm done with pity parties if you feel sorry for yourself that's your business if you want to walk around with a hung down head and a gloomy spirit, that is your business. But I have found beauty in my brokenness. But Sean Mitchell says, I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you've captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. You give me joy. <laughs> and by the way, I am not talking about you. <laughs> but he gives me joy. Down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Deep in my soul. Chosen generation, come on in. Tell us right now. I just want you to hear the words before... Everybody, listen. Come on, we worship the name of the Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. There's beauty in my brokenness. Woo! <laughs> I've got true love instead of pain. Ah. Woo! There's freedom though you have trust me. Yeah. I've got joy instead of more Oh, there's beauty in my brokenness. Call the number on the screen. Call us.
the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone this was the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes this rainy day is the day the Lord has made <laughs> and we will rejoice and be glad in it. The last message of this series simply says an attitude of joy. Joy is your choice. You cannot control how you feel when you wake up. You cannot control all the things that happens in your life. But you can control how you respond to them. Joy is a choice. Choose joy. Close those eyes. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, it's hard to choose joy when you are still committed. Listen to this. Go down a little bit, brothers. It's hard to choose joy when you are still committed to the enemy of joy. Satan is the enemy of joy. And when you are committed to him, you say, Pastor, I'm not committed to Satan. If you are not committed to the Lord, then you are automatically committed to him. When you commit to the Lord, you commit to his joy and the joy of not Bible way not the joy of Pastor Darrell Jackson but the joy of the Lord is your strength if you don't know him you need to if you're not committed to anything greater than yourself if your family asks you why aren't we committed to a church a ministry why are we not committed to anything? Think about it. Think about it. If you're joining us virtually, the prayer line number is on the screen. If you are listening by way of radio, the number is 1-888-776-1238. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that an attitude of joy is a choice. It is a choice that we make. We choose to rejoice. Ooh, I cannot control what happens in our lives, but we can control how we respond to it. And so we say thank you Lord thank you for those that are giving up hopelessness for hope thank you for those that are giving up despair for joy and let joy transform their lives this is our prayer in your name we pray and give thanks wherever you are say amen amen you give me joy come on in the back, go. Just remember the vision offering as Pastor Mac comes, right? Yeah. Thank you. You give me joy. 
forget about our vision offering as we get ready to pronounce our benediction. We thank you so much for those of you that have been soaring into the $7 a week consecration. We've been hearing so many wonderful, wonderful testimonies about our vision offering from uh, the mass giveaway to different things that we're able to do. And it's because of your $7 commitment. Many of you have said, I'm gonna give more than $7. And we thank you so much for that. We were having a conversation just the other day and I said, who but God during a pandemic can pay off a mortgage and allow us to have a vision offering and not touch that vision offering. Give God a praise, amen, for that. Because without the vision, scripture says the people perish. As you stand to your feet, those of you in the worship center, we're getting ready to go. Join us on next Sunday at our eight and our 11 o'clock service. That's our youth day. Amen. Elder Darrell Brown Jr. He is a great, great speaker. He's going to be with us. Chosen Generation will also be rendering music during that service. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the message and assurance of joy. God, we thank you. You give us joy, God, down deep in our soul, and we thank you for that. Now, God, we ask that you bless those that are here in this worship center. Dismiss us from this place, God. Protect us as we travel along the dangerous highways. Perhaps we have some that are viewing. We ask that you bless them, God, as they return to doing what they normally do at home, God. Perhaps some of them are at work. Give them strength throughout this week. Keep us in the center of your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said amen. Thank you. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call one 776 1238 There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you or if you were moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share it with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.